0: <laughs> I am Jonathan Capehart, and this is Voices of the Movement, a series from my podcast, Cape Up, sharing the stories and lessons of some of the leaders of the civil rights movement and using them to figure out where we go from here. On the Faith and Politics Civil Rights Pilgrimage to Alabama every year, there are a few things that remain the same. The group always walks across the Edmund Pettus Bridge with Congressman John Lewis. You always visit the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s church in Montgomery. And you always, always hear music. Music from church choirs. Songs like This Little Light of Mine.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna shine.
0: And of course, We Shall Overcome. We
1: shall overcome.
0: all of that music is for a reason. Music was the psychic fuel used to propel the movement and its demonstrators in their seemingly impossible quest for equality and justice. Take Chuck Neblet for instance. He was a founding member of a group called the Freedom Singers, a group that traveled the country starting in the 1960s performing freedom songs in coffee houses, on college campuses, and in churches. I spoke with Neblet on a panel about music of the movement at the historic Brown Chapel in Selma. Is there a a song for you that is uh, your rock, a bedrock song for you that speaks to you, that says everything that you need to say or feel?
2: I'd say hold on. Mm -hmm. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Hold on. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. Let me go about
1: Paul and Silas bound
2: in jail. And nobody else will Keep your eyes
0: other person you heard singing with Chuck Neblet that's Betty Mae Fikes I've been singing ever since I was four my
2: mother was a gospel singer so I stood beside her in church when she was singing when the storms of life are raging stand by me she would do the verse and I would do the chorus
0: Betty Mae is known as the voice of Selma and to many she's the voice of the entire movement The interesting thing, among many interesting things about you, Betty Mae, is that you were arrested for singing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Please explain. (laughs) Was it your voice? Was it the words you were singing? Was it a particular song?
2: This Little Light of Mine, where I would put the oppressors, our oppressors, and tell George Wallace, Tell Al Lingo I'm gonna let it shine. And I would put all the old presses in. So that made this little light of mine completely different than old Baptist way.
0: I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time imagining that, Betty May. What, what does that sound like? Oh,
2: this little light of mine, yeah. Let it shine. Tell Governor Wallace that I'm going to let it shine. Tell Governor Wallace, I'm going to let it shine, my Lord. Tell Governor Wallace, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. And let it shine. That was the good. And jail, that's all we had was the music. So crowded that we couldn't lay down. So we just crumbled together, singing, 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 all day, all night, all day, all night. And all of a sudden you would hear somebody say, all day, all night, the angels keep watching over us. And the jailers used to tell us, if you don't shut up, we're gonna rape you all. And take tar paper and put it all around the windows. But we kept singing. I ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. Then we would go from that to gospel songs, back to freedom songs. All night, all day, and really, the angels kept watch over us.
0: Let me ask you what might seem like a, a too basic a, a question, but you just said you would alternate between gospel songs and freedom songs. What's the difference between the two? Are freedom songs just gospel songs with yes. George Wallace and other words. other yes. so-called oppressors words. thrown yes. in?
2: <laughs> Well, our freedom songs really came from gospel. All the new ones was written by new artists. Mm -hmm. But we took, I woke up this morning with my mind, instead of saying, stand on Jesus, stand on freedom. Mm -hmm. So we just rearranged the gospel songs into freedom songs. But you know, gospel songs are just freedom songs. It frees your mind and your spirit.
3: as a little black child in the South, I could sing 50 songs. And that was the way in which I was connected with my elders, with my
0: ancestors. Ruby Sales is a longtime civil rights activist going as far back as the Selma to Montgomery marches in 1965. During the pilgrimage, Sales eloquently spoke of the history and the place of music, not only during the movement, but also in the lives of African-Americans starting in slavery.
3: During enslavement, it was a capital punishment for African-Americans to read. We could be put to death for reading. It was against the law to write. It was against the law to engage in a public discourse. And the only thing that we had left was culture. And out of that culture, we created songs. And so songs became a way in which black people expressed ourselves in a society that tried to reduce us to property and said that we were not significant enough to speak. It was our inner selves. It was the essence of who we are as a people. It was the repository of our hopes, the repository of our dreams, the repository of our victories, and the repository of our defeats. It was the essence of a people, who were not meant to survive. It told the world how we had survived enslavement. It told the world how important it was to love everybody. It told the world that we've got a right to the tree of democracy. It told the world that everybody, I've got shoes, you've got shoes, all God's children got shoes. When you start off singing this song, and at the end of the song, something changes inside of you, and you're not who you were when you first started singing. So I think that songs are very important. So without songs, we couldn't have had a movement, Jonathan. We could not have had a movement because the songs represented, our, it was where we embodied our courage.
1: So when we were in jail, we uh, said, uh, what is it, Betty? Buses are coming.
0: Bernard yes. Lafayette was the program director for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. He was occasionally in jail with Betty May Fikes.
1: So we were singing actually to the jailers to let them know that the buses were coming so they needed to get ready. And we were singing, buses are coming, oh yes. Buses are coming, oh yes. Buses are Buses are are coming. Buses are are coming. coming. Oh Oh, yeah! yeah. The jailers say, "Shut up, all that howling (laughs) in here." (laughs) This ain't no playhouse. This is a jailhouse. So um, we said to ourselves, "What they gonna do? Arrest us?" So the next thing happened is he said, all right, that done it. We're in Mississippi now. <laughs> Here, one more peek at you boogers. I'm going to take those mattresses. And it was already filled up, and we were two on a mattress as it was, you know. End for in, you know. You know what end for end means? Yes. Yeah, your head down there and your tail down there. And then it was a magic line down the middle, <laughs> invisible, where you stayed right there. You didn't move around yourself. So anyway, uh, we didn't want no mattress anyway. We say you can take our mattress, oh yes. You can take our mattress, oh yes. You can take our mattress, you can take our mattress, you can take our mattress. We got the mattress and piled them up at the door so they could go ahead and take the mattress. We didn't care about no mattress. We weren't gonna let anything turn us around. So those are smart folks down in Mississippi. Don't they? <laughs> they noticed that we had toothbrushes when we go to jail because you know overcrowded situation and they don't have no toothbrush. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's kind of difficult to be close to somebody. <laughs> So, somebody broke out and he said, uh, jail assembly, take those toothbrushes. So somebody broke out and said, you can take out. We said, wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we seeing an overcrowded jail with no toothbrush. He said, well, this is time for Quaker consensus. <laughs> <laughs> so we discussed it until we all had a consensus. But I came up with the idea that uh, we had to make sure that being uh, I had no toothbrushes, we had to learn how to sing without breathing on everybody right? <laughs> So you could do it, actually, and what we did was put the middle of your lip, okay? Now, people got different sized lips, but uh, <laughs> the middle it all right there, yeah. Uh-huh. Put the middle part together. Yeah,
0: right
1: there. Uh huh. Okay. Right there. This is right there. Uh huh. You can take on Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to take the mic.
0: In jail, music was the one thing that couldn't be taken away from them. And during marches and protests, it was the one thing that could hold a rally together, propel it. And it was also used to tell a story, or make a point, or point out hypocrisy. Or in the case of the dog song, do all three.
1: Uh, Jim Bevel uh, had the uh, experience, but we all put the song together. It's called the Dog Song. See, he grew up in Mississippi, at Itabina, and see the dogs could play together. His neighbor, you know, when you say neighbors in the country, They could be half a mile away. (laughs) So, but they played together, the dogs, you know, from the black family and the white family, but the children couldn't play together. So they made up a song, you know, called Dogs. And it says, (coughs) Dog, 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 my dog, dog, I love your, your dog and your dog, I love my dog and my dog, I love your dog and your dog, I love my dog. And then why can't and we sit under the apple, apple tree. tree? You, you, want, you walk with me, you want to talk with, with me? me. Well, why don't you, you hold my hand? hand. Tell you me you understand now. Can't you see you, see that, but, you and me will so be so happy in the apple tree e-
0: Perhaps you had to witness it with your own eyes and ears. But what you heard from Betty Mae Fikes, Chuck Neblett, and Bernard Lafayette at Brown Chapel was a moment. That kind of happening you just know is special in real time. For me, that feeling always happens early in the pilgrimage, on the very first stop as soon as I hear the choir at 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. I've now been to 16th Street Baptist three times and it's always that choir. That choir always, it's sort of a, it's a welcome, it's an embrace, it's um, just hearing those voices. takes me back to going to you know the black baptist church with my paternal grandfather when he would take me to see my father's side of the family you know it's one of those knock down drag out gospel you know baptist churches with the gospel singing for two hours or something and the church was jumping this church is not exactly like that but the voices are and it just brings me home every time and the music is always it's when you if you just if you just hear the music it's beautiful and inviting but if you listen to the music is when it starts to latch on and you understand that these this beautiful music has a much deeper meaning and a much deeper history and that's why I feel like when I or felt like when I walked in that church even though I don't know those ladies I know them. And in these, this, these jobs that we have, particularly for, for me, the job that I have, you know, there aren't many opportunities where I feel seen or understood. And walking into the church and hearing those women sing, I feel seen. And understood. And that's the incredible thing. And I'm always just blown away by the stories, the people, the history. And to be a part of this, like this, um, is, is just an honor that I can't even put into words. coming up on Voices of the Movement. The next generation is continuing the tradition in song and in adherence to the philosophy of nonviolence.